Welcome to the Brew News Pod. All the news is fit to be brewed. I'm Travis Matherly. And I'm Andrew Jennings. And I'm alive. <laughs> it's alive. <laughs> no, that's Frankenstein. That's not even close to what we're talking about. It is about. extremely close, and we'll talk about it later. <laughs> it's close, but it's not exactly the same thing. Although technically, Frankenstein, Frankenstein is a zombie story. A zombie. Yeah. It's a zombie okay. story. <laughs> You're right. Um, Mary Shelley was just an original zombie author. Yeah. So she, she was the inspiration for The Walking Dead. Actually, she... Uh, her version is very close, like, is how it, it's, a, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk yeah. about it later. <laughs> we, are, we are putting that cart so far ahead of the horse. Yeah. So this week, we are back for our last installment of our Haunted Hop series for the month of October, and we are ending this month with Spooky Beasts. Spooky Wee Beasties. Yep, Spooky Beasts. So uh, last week, we did Cryptids, where we talked about Sasquatch, Chupacabra, Chupi. and Nessie. Oh, Nessie. And I want to believe. <laughs> if you believe... <laughs> Yeah, at least I believe in myself, Travis. We'll just we'll get you a shirt that just says "I believe" with a picture of Nessie on it or Chupacabra. They do that for Sasquatch. A lot of those. They do. Of, yeah, I don't. I don't believe that one. So this week we are looking at spooky beasts, aka zombies, vampires, shapeshifters, shapeshifters slash werewolves, and witches and warlocks. Yeah. So we we separate this out. Like cryptids are creatures that could, in theory, exist. They have no magical aspects to them. They are potentially derived evolutionary creatures. Spooky beasts are magic. Yeah, there's some aspect of magic or unnatural. Yeah, some, something supernatural. Yeah, something supernatural is happening with these creatures. Although Frankenstein isn't supernatural per se. Yeah, it's a zombie. I mean, it is a zombie, but it's it's like a zombie conglomerate. We'll get there, we'll get there, yeah. we'll get there. <laughs> so, that brings us to our first uh, spooky beast, which is... You haven't is figured out by now. <laughs> zombies. Yeah, so, undead, but not unloved. Aww. What is a zombie? What is, is it love? thanks, therefore it is? No. <laughs> uh, uh, is it the sweetest flower? <laughs> <laughs> zombies are an undead being created via corpse reanimation. So, essentially Frankenstein, because he reanimated corpse. And I always think of young Frankenstein, where they talk about... Where he like reanimated a worm or something, mm-hmm. and then he had rice cereal. And he's like, "What are you referring to, Doctor? The worm or the vermicelli?" <laughs> uh, the names f- come from Haitian folklore: zombie without an e in Haitian French and zombie in Creole. Uh, so that actually, before we start talking about zombies, we'll get into our first beer. Yeah, we should. So this is the White Zombie from Catawba Brewing. Yet That's again, racist. You're right, <laughs> but uh, most zombies should be like pale. You would be paler than you would be in a lot alive. Gray, ashen. I mean, let's put it this way: if I turn into a zombie, all the life came from your face. If if I became a zombie, it would just look like a freaking skeleton, like a little, little white <laughs> walking around. Um, Andrew would just still look like Andrew; just yeah. he would be dead. Just <laughs> get sunburned. The so undead. Uh, it's a five point one percent seven IBU. It's a wheel? white ale. White ale. That's right. White ale. Yes. Uh, so Catawba says we named this beer as a Halloween seasonal brew, but it's refreshing taste makes it a year round staple. Zombie is made according to the Belgian wit beer tradition of using unmalted wheat to create the light body and white sheen. Additions of coriander and orange peel give zombie a fruity and spicy character while the hops are subtle and lightly detected. Don't be scared to blow the head off a zombie and drink up. Mm-hmm. I see what they did there. Yeah. Literally blow the head off of it if you had to, What you, we poured this, and the head stuck around on mine. Yours did, yeah. Mine, Yours dissipated. Mine was the first pour, though, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, this is a fine white ale. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, this is, if, remember last week we did Hop Nest Monster from Catawba Brewing. Catawba did a good job of naming their beers on 
supernatural phenomena, which was great. Thank you, Catawba. Thank you. Made our job easier. Yeah. Plus, they're a local brewery yeah. in North Carolina, <laughs> so, so they're a little easier to attain. When we started this series, I'm like, well, I know I can get two beers for for sure. I know I can get Hopness Monster and White Zombie, and yeah. everything else, I have no idea what's happening. See, this is actually, it smells a little bit like coriander spice, mm-hmm. and that's really about the only thing you get. It's a tiny bit of malt, but I don't really get any orange peel on no. any orange on the nose. It tastes like a better Blue Moon. Yeah, and that's what a blue mint is. Ultimately, it's a Belgian wit or a white white ale. Um, that's what this is. It's a, it's a fine beer. It's a good, easy drinking beer. Um, if you're looking for a white ale or if you want to try craft beer, this is probably a good beer for it. Um, and I know it's not inherently a style Travis and I drink a ton of. So. Yeah. So that brings us to the tradition of zombies. Now, as Andrew and I discussed before the pod started, I actually took a plant science class in college at NC State that uh, we actually had an entire month of lectures on zombies, witches, warlocks, werewolves, and all that stuff, and how actually because of plant science, those folklores came around. So uh, zombies actually come from a Haitian tradition, um, two types, flesh zombies or spirit astral zombies. Uh, Yeah, so zombies have two flavors. Didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either, actually. That wasn't part of the lecture. Uh, this represents the general duality of life that is commonly found in many religion and beliefs throughout the world. So zombies are typically raised from the dead by a bokor or a sorcerer witch doctor using necromancy. Witch doctors are part of the voodoo religion. So yep. Haitian religion is similar to Creole religion in that. Well, they're the same. Haitian, yeah. Haitian Creole. Haitian um, and Creole, because if you go down to that part of Louisiana and they speak like a very somewhat bastardized version of French. Mm-hmm. And that's what Creole is. Uh-huh. And like Haitians Haitian. speak French, too. Yeah. Well, again, a bastardized version of French. Right. Um, so uh, a lot of this, the Bokar is an informal part of the voodoo religion. Um, so uh, you have your you don't want to confuse them with actual um, priests. They're not priests. They are they're not supposed to be there. They're the inquisitors. They're the um, what, what is the cabal. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're the cabal and like the Jewish tradition, like they're sort of the the mystical side of the religion that does uh, dabbles, what shall we say, in the darker arts, mm-hmm. in the mystic arts, in the mystic arts. Yes. Uh, once raised, the zombie is a slave to the bokar. They have no free will. <clears throat> so, interestingly enough, I think um, if I remember correctly from the class, and I could be, it's been uh, like the better part of ten years. Eight, nine years uh, (laughs) since college. But the actual original zombie folklore came from a town in Haiti where a guy was supposedly killed. Like just this guy who was otherwise healthy, collapsed on the street, was pronounced dead Mm -hmm. by a doctor and buried. Years later, he actually reappeared in the town that he was from. Hmm. And nobody had seen him in years. He was presumed to be dead. So they thought he had come back to life and raised from the dead. So that was the zombie religion. Later on, it's believed what actually happened was that he had gotten in. He either owed money to somebody or had crossed like a witch doctor somehow in some way. The witch doctor poisoned him using, if you think about like puffer fish, mm-hmm. what puffer is that? Puffer fish uh, toxin. It's a botulism, isn't it? It's a tetra... Get Laura in here. Yeah, something toxic. <laughs> um, 
that actually slows your heart rate down enough that it's not detectable. Right. Imperceptibly detectable. Yeah, it's imperceptibly detectable, but you are actually still alive. So when they buried him, the witch doctor then went and redug him up that night mm. and brought him into the mountains as a slave. The guy says that he had almost no recollection of anything that had happened in those years, which played into the belief that he was actually dead. Um, but then... He was actually used as a slave by the witch doctor. The witch doctor just kept him continually drugged oh, for it. years. And then he eventually somehow escaped, managed to escape and worked his way back down to his village. So that's where the whole thing comes in is that the witch doctors make them slaves. But it was people who either were owed debts or were criminals and things like that would just become slaves up in the mountains on like these plantations or working mm -hmm. in some kind of slave labor. And they were constantly and consistently kept drugged. Yeah. So actually, that's actually very cool because we'll go into that in a minute too about that. Um, just to, for context, we're talking primarily about physical zombies, uh, but just astral zombies are, um, they are controlling the soul of the human, not the body. Um, and they're <clears throat> captured by a bokar and they can be stored in special containers or they can be used to increase the bokar's own spiritual power. He's absorbing their energy. Yes, they're, they're goods. Um, now, if they're stored in, uh, uh, like, you have special, like, let's say this this beer bottle on our table. I put your soul in it. I would then sell that as a good luck charm. That sounds like a scam if I've ever heard of one. <laughs> that sounds like horror stories like, uh, what is it, Annabelle? Where, yeah. like, a spirit inhabits a doll or something like that. Or a voodoo doll. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, we're, we're going to focus primarily on physical zombies. Yeah. Um, so the belief itself has roots in African traditions. Um, and it was thought that the voodoo deity Baron Samiti... Samiti? Yeah, Baron Samiti. Would gather folks from their grave and bring them to the heavenly afterlife in Africa. Um, unless they had been offered, uh, they had offended him in some way. In which case they would be forever a slave after death as a zombie. So that's interesting that you have a note that says the afterlife in Africa is known as Guinea. So New Guinea in Africa would just translate to New Heaven. New Heaven, yeah. Huh. Probably does translate that way. Um, a, a, a zombie could be saved. So we don't have to shoot the zombies, Travis. We can be friends with them and break bread and salt. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, or you could just do the Michonne thing from The Walking Dead and cut off their arms and their lower jaw so they can't bite you and then lead them around on chains. Yeah, that's true too. But yeah, according to this version of the tradition, uh, if you feed a zombie salt, it will uh, free them. Or it could be the zombie from what was that movie with the kid, Warm Bodies? Didn't see it. So he, in that movie, it was interesting. He, like, people became zombies, mm -hmm. but he starts, like, having thoughts again oh. and like memories and his body slowly like he somehow overcame the virus or infection that caused zombies and he slowly became human again hmm. like he actually started to get a pulse and like didn't want to eat people and like was trying to learn how to communicate again like he was able to think thoughts to like this girl was helping him and realize that he was helping her instead of trying to eat her mm -hmm. and then he eventually at the end of the movie i think like was able to speak again and like oh that's cool they learned like that i can't remember but they learned yeah. the power of friendship and zombies mm -hmm. <laughs> love <clears throat> Sorry. love trumps everything yes um and this goes back to what you were talking about one of the reasons why this zombie belief persisted was slave drivers usually slaves themselves not just your boss actual not, slave drivers actual actual slave drivers um, and occasionally there were voodoo priests as well they convinced other slaves that if they committed suicide to free themselves from being slaves they would come back as zombies and serve the slave driver, which may or may not have been a um, voodoo priest. Load of malarkey. Yeah, it was all, all <laughs> trash, but yeah. You know, if you kill yourself, you still have to work for me. Damn it. Damn it. He's got me. <laughs> well, I guess I'll just keep working. Mm -hmm. 
So where do zombies come from? It's that good stuff. So uh, Zora Neale Hurston, while researching Haitian folklore, is quoted as saying, if science ever gets to the bottom of voodoo in Haiti and Africa, it will be found some important medical secrets still unknown to medical science, give it its power rather than gestures of ceremony. So a lot of what that dealt with in the class that I took was that these voodoo priests are actually learn how to harness naturally occurring chemicals in mm -hmm. plants that were native to their cultures for their purposes of keeping people drugged. Like they just learned that by either cooking this plant or boiling this plant or using the juice from this plant, it actually has a hallucinogenic opioid effect mm -hmm. that can actually drug somebody. Um, there is still some belief that a cocktail of powders can cause a death-like trance state creating, quote-unquote, living zombies. Um, now, the problem with this is a lot of the chemicals that people claim are the ones that are doing it have different side effects than what than a zombie state. Cocktail is a little weird. Truthfully, it probably is true. There's definitely, there's definitely some chemicals out there that can create a zombie-like state. That's probably not what people think it is because the one of the biggest things is um, has lethal side effects. Mm. It's not like it's not even close to it's not anything close to the zombie state. It's straight lethal. Yeah, it's so, like um, it's that pufferfish toxin yeah. that we just mentioned. Like if you it's give like that, you're right. It's like tetra something. It's I didn't write it down. Yeah, try tetra. I can't remember, but if you give that in milligrams or like Mill milligrams is too much for that. Like yeah, you like, need micrograms. Like you got a microdose. Yeah, like if you give that in. Any kind of OD, like you're dead. Instead of slowing your heart down, it just stops it. Yeah. Um, sometimes uh, zombies... In your head. Yes, it's all in the mind. Uh, so this was from Roland Littlewood. Zombie. <laughs> Roland Littlewood, uh, professor of anthropology and psychiatry, said... And frontman of the Cranberries. Oh, yes. No. <laughs> that okay. was a lady. Yeah, she was. Uh, she died recently. Oh, yeah. I think yeah, I remember that. Died, yeah. like, I think last year, year before... Um, so Roland, she did not, however, come back as a zombie. Correct. That we're aware of. <laughs> Correct. So Roland said, "It came to I came to the conclusion that although it is unlikely that there is a single explanation for all cases where zombies are recognized by locals in Haiti, the mistaken identification of a wandering mentally ill stranger by bereaved relatives is the most likely explanation in many cases. People with a chronic schizophrenic illness, brain damage, or learning disability are not uncommon in rural Haiti, and they would and they would be particularly likely to be identified as zombies." So that is, uh, this may or hold more water as a mis- or undiagnosed schizophrenic that has episodes that manifest as catatonia. Yeah, so they're unresponsive. They're catatonic. Yeah, they're, they're un they may be moving around and you may be able to like talk to them, think mm -hmm. like a sleepwalker, but they're, they're not responsive. Yeah, so you think like a rural village in an island country way back then. Not even back then, like pick a rural village in North America now. That doesn't understand science, mental illness right. and things like that. Could mistake a mentally handicapped person as being some kind of zombie. Right. Especially if your your disability manifests as catatonia or something like that. I can totally that makes perfect sense. I can totally see that working. Yeah. Um, however, our more poppy culture-y um, zombies are not magic-y. Walking deady. They're they're walking deady. Or war Z. Yes. Although um, I don't think they ever explained what that one was. It's a virus. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 28 days later. I read the book. <laughs> um, most of modern tales of zombies use some of that sweet magic -y science, not the science magic. Oh, and here's Andrew's notes on Mary Shelley's Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> I told you she was coming. <laughs> Mary Shelley's Dr. Frankenstein raised a corpse from the dead. Yep. And a handcrafted artisanal corpse. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot I put that note in there. 
with a high quality brain instead of an Abby normal brain. <laughs> I completely forgot I put that note in there. Uh, um, but so what Mary Shelley did, she created uh, the Frankenstein's monster. So Mary Shelley, she created Dr. Frankenstein and his monster. And um, <clears throat> yeah. So for those of you who are not exactly familiar, the monster's name is not Frankenstein. What people refer to as Frankenstein is not Frankenstein in the book. He is referred to as the monster. Yes. Yeah, that's true. And Dr. I, Frankenstein was the person who created the monster. Right. Um, and so you'll hear me always reference it as the monster. The monster. The monster. But yeah, so uh, Frankenstein's monster was the first, like, to my knowledge, science um, zombie. Uh, he was reanimated using science, not using uh, voodoo or witchcraft, nothing like that. Nothing to that effect. Um and most modern zombies are actually going to be based on this concept of science is how we get zombies, mm -hmm. not uh, voodoo witchcraft. And more recently, most modern zombies are based on the zombies portrayed in George A. Romero's 1968 movie, Night of the Living Dead. These are plague monsters, essentially, not the personal slave army monsters of Haitian tradition. Zombies are now the heart hotness of a bunch of video games, i.e. Resident Evil, uh, hit TV shows like The Walking Dead, books like World War Z, and films such as 28 Days Later, Shaun of the Dead, Zombieland, etc., etc. Yeah. Night of Living Deads, or even, 28 Weeks Later. Yeah, 28 Weeks Later. I haven't seen the first one, but I've seen that one. <laughs> 28 Days Later is actually really good. Oh, I've only seen 28 Weeks. And I think that's one of Cillian Murphy's first movies. Oh, good, 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 good. Um, so why do why are we scared of Shaun of the Dead? Is a classic though. It is great. It's not. Not scary, but it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, so why do zombies scare us, Travis? I don't know, Andrew. Why do they? Because it's a quote-unquote part of the human condition? It's not. <laughs> oh, no. As a plague monster, they can be stand-ins for the inevitable seeming phenomenon. And since they are often humans or often created by humans, we see our own role in both their creation and their inevitability. So we see zombies as part of like an apocalypse of like the consequences of our own human actions. Our hubris. Um, Simon Pegg, the writer of Shaun, writer and star of Shaun of the Dead, said, Zombies represent death. Slow and steady in their approach, weak, clumsy, often absurd, the zombie relentlessly closes in, unstoppable, intractable. Mm -hmm. Some modern zombies are no longer the slow, shambling creatures, uh, which some argue makes them less scary somehow. I don't know. 28 days later, they're fast zombies. And they're fast in World War Z. And yes. Walking Dead, they can be fast. And I think that actually makes them scarier. So Simon Pegg was a big proponent of they need to be slow. He doesn't want them quick. But that's the George A. Romero style zombie. That's George, yeah, George Romero zombie is a slow zombie. And he believes that they should be slow because um, it's about the inevitability. It's about death. You can't outrun it. It's about seeing it coming. And there's nothing you can do about it. It's about that 20 minute long scream as it lumbers from 100 yards away. Right. While you fumble with your car keys and can't get the car started. And Right. Yeah. It's not. It's not something that you can. You can't outrun it. There's nothing like that. It's just going to happen. But you can kill them. You can. Uh, modern zombies. You can simply kill them with a headshot. Zombies are simply a headshot away from being a pile of goop. You gotta hit the brain because something. I think it was in like The Walking Dead. They explained it was a virus that like brainstem virus. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Oh, there was also that movie with Martin Short. No, the the guy from The Hobbit, that's also Dr. Watson in Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, um, Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman. He's in a zombie movie that's on Netflix called, uh, the name is escaping me, but he's in Australia. And he and his wife, they're zombies and they're like, the. it opens up with them on like a riverboat, like a boathouse. Yeah. 
going along the river and there's zombies and he's trying to find like a uh, safe haven and they have an infant daughter and he ends up by the end of the movie he's with a group of aborigines who know how to like they like this group of aborigines just goes around killing the zombies and the aborigines were unaffected like it's a virus that only affects white people in australia huh. like the aborigines are somehow immune to the disease huh it's very interesting it's That's a very good, good movie yeah um but yeah good haitian zombies require you to kill the bokar otherwise they just keep going yeah because they know magic good yeah. luck <laughs> mm-hmm. uh all right being a zombie would suck bad transition but we got a sweet monster to a good beer up. yep good beer <laughs> <laughs> um so we'll just let's let's get into these a little bit to explain why we're drinking this beer so we're moving we're going to vampires <laughs> that's why we said suck yep um Vampires are monsters that survive by feeding on vital essence. It's often blood. Um, so if you're thinking about uh, succubi or incubi, so succubus, incubus, that sort of situation. Um, That's yeah, a ban. It's a ban, yeah. But those are, um, they, they feed on essence. They're not feeding on blood, generally. And, they eat your souls. And the Skeksis. If you've seen the uh, Dark Crystal or the Netflix Dark Crystal, which you should, I'm plugging for it, and we're not getting paid for that one, but you should absolutely watch that. Um, the Skeksis are feeding on the essence or the soul. Of huh. the uh, of the the poor little um, oh, it's like uh, it's like where they suck the life out of you and it turns you like into an old person like a skeleton as they're sucking the life out of you. I distinctly remember that off of something, but that's, yeah. <clears throat> so vampires are undead; they must feed on the living, and um, they're fairly common in some form or another, some sort of parasitic creature. Um, and the most popular vampire, however, is our good buddy Alucard. Yep. As depicted in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yes. So Who is Dracula? Who? He was actually Vlad the Impaler. He was. Vlad. Oh, you have that note. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> didn't, didn't read that ahead. Didn't read ahead. Um, Dracula primarily is the moderate progenitor of most vampires, including Nosferatu. Um, but really, it's mostly the Western vampire. Not like There's vampires in Japanese culture that are completely different than... They're more like a, what we would call an incubus or succubus. Even the chupacabra. Even the chupacabra. Even Andrew's favorite chupi. Good old tubes. Um, so, like Travis saying, uh, Dracula is loosely based on Vlad, uh, Vlad III Dracula of Transylvania, also known as Vlad Tepes of Wallachia, also known as the Son of the Dragon, Vlad the Impaler. Yep. Vlad killed between 40,000 to 100,000 civilians, mainly by impaling them. That is impressive. He came by that name, honestly. Yes, he did. <laughs> he was a folk hero in Romania. <laughs> For driving off the Ottoman Turks, many of which were impaled. Uh, there is little evidence that Stoker based Dracula on Vlad except for the name. Yeah. So obviously he just liked Dracula. So Vlad's, Vlad's one of his nicknames was Dracula. Mm-hmm. And Andrew, what does uh, Dracula mean? Dracula means son of the dragon. And since I couldn't find Nosferatu, we are drinking the Golden Drac or the Golden Dragon um, from the Browery von Stern, uh, Steenberg. Sorry, it's a Belgian brewery. Um, it's a authentic dark red triple ale, uh, 10.5% ABV, and uh, it. their bit online said, I do not reveal my true nature in the first swallow. Most beers contain hops and water. I do too. But you also taste roasted malt and coffee. Bleh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to drink your hops. Yeah. Oh, wow. That smells amazing, though. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That is a lot of malt and carameliness in a Belgian triple. And I like it. This is really dark 
brown with a reddish tint. It's a red triple. So mm-hmm. it's like that's why like most triples are gold, like a golden color. Yeah, but this is more of an ambery color. Yeah. It actually like if you were to just hold that up in a glass and not smell it, it looks like an amber ale. Mm-hmm. It's got a nice amount of head on it that stays around. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty uniform bubble structure. I mean, we poured this a while ago and it's still sitting around. About 20 minutes, yeah. It smells a little banana-y. Mm-hmm. That's from your yeast. Um, I don't think it has like the same. I was expecting more like a Flanders red. I got a cream for that, Andrew. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, this morning I had to pitch some yeast, so that was mm. fun. <laughs> Better than pitching wool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I was expecting more like a Flanders red style, um, like the more tart cherry. Um, nah, that's, I don't get that's that. straight Belgian triple. Yeah. It, like that is malty, banana-y, a little thicker. 10.5. That's sneaky for 10.5, though. That doesn't taste like 10.5. Yeah, we will get hammered on that one. It'll get you drunk. Yeah. Oh, uh, God. It'll get us drunk. That actually is really, really good. Mm-hmm. I love Belgian beer, though. But that's... I know so many people don't like Belgian beer because of that banana yeasty quality. I'm getting much more into it. Um, I really like like the more the Saison style, like that more... like farmhouse funk. Farmhouse. I'm, get, I'm getting into that more. And I love, like, if I could get a cool ship i would absolutely do it and start making lambics but that's not an option horse blanket what horse blanket funk that's mm. what they refer to it as um ooh, so dracula has needs oh he has needs mm-hmm. oh dracula he like all vampires must drink blood for sustenance he must sleep in a coffin never come out at day sorry i'm just spitballing <laughs> here has mind control powers can make blood slaves renfield so renfield is a character from dracula oh okay. renfield's a blood slave he is not a vampire he is a, a human that he, Dracula injects poison into effectively venom. It, yeah so like it's weird depending on your version of vampires vampires either have um, like the ability to kill somebody by biting them or to not kill them they can kill not kill they can uh, turn them into a vampire they can turn them into a blood slave there are vampires are sort of given like a ton of powers it just depends on the story which vampire you're dealing with when you go along with like uh, Hugh Jackman's Van Helsing right and he fights Dracula Right. But he apparently murdered Dracula. I don't know. Yeah, that was a weird, weird film. Well, he was supposed to be Van Helsing in that movie with Hugh Jackman. Was He was supposed to be Gabriel the Archangel who had fallen from grace. Correct. Came down, killed Vlad the Impaler Dracula mm-hmm. and lost all of his memories because of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't. But Dracula had the three ladies. He had the three, yeah. The three lady vampires. The three wives, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. it and all their baby vampires. Oh, they had so many baby vampires, mm-hmm. baby vamps. But yeah, you have so many different powers. Like in that one, I think uh, sometimes vampires can um, shapeshift into bats. Sometimes yeah, he transformed can't. from like a human form into like his man bat, man bat form. Yeah, that was like uh, man bat from uh, Batman the animated series. Yeah, mm. man bat. You remember man bat? Generally, vampires have some qualities like they are superhumanly strong, immune to sickness and age, so they're immortal, so they don't age whatever a lot of those stories i think go like whatever age they were turned into a vampire mm-hmm. they say like interview with vampire oh brad pitt and tom cruise didn't see that what i was thinking like true blood personally true blood Ugh. does a good job they do a good job with the vamps true blood they is are so consistent. cheesy though because it's such crappy creole like you have swedish actors trying to do norwegian accents but the- i'm looking at you alex skarsgård <laughs> why do they just leave him in swedish <laughs> But they do. A, they do. A, Courtney watched that Courtney, show. I watched like a few episodes. Storytelling like, aside, so terrible. Storytelling aside, they do a very good job with the um, with controlling the supernatural element. They do make the vampires too strong. I think they mm-hmm. they do a lot of that. But like that's where you get variations in the storytelling. Yeah. So it was but, like interview with the vampire is Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt are from like colonial times. Okay. 
and Tom Cruise turned Brad Pitt into a vampire, and they turned a little girl into a vampire to, like, save her, I think, in the movie. But she comes to resent them because she's forever stuck as a child. Oh, it's like and, that Doctor Who episode. I guess. I never watched Doctor Who. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, she grows to, like, resent Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise and, like, I think he ends up trying to kill them or something. Uh, and they end up having to kill her. I can't remember exactly how that movie goes. Yeah, that's like, um, so there was a Doctor Who episode where uh, Macy Williams is a uh, Viking. Like you mean was, Arya Stark? Yes, she's a Viking child and she gets implanted with alien tech. Doctor Who puts, uh, the doctor puts the alien tech in her and she becomes immortal. Vampires often are weak to sun, garlic, holy symbols, and stakes through the heart. That's a good way to kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't reflect in the mirror, generally. But I've also heard versions where that is a lie that vampires say so they can prove that they're real to humans. You know how vampires shave? I think it was a joke in Big Bang Theory. I don't think they need to. They get together in groups and they shave each other. Because they don't reflect in a mirror. You would have to have two people in shaving each other. They wouldn't need to. They're dead. (laughs) They can still grow hair. Are we sure? Maybe. I don't know. They don't get haircuts. Modern vampires, though, or as Andrew says, modern vamps. So sexy. So sexy. So sexy. So Andrew's already discussed True Blood, where vampires are somewhat sexualized. Somewhat. Uh, yeah. I don't. I only watched like four episodes. Dude, of that True is Blood. like this. This is the porn. <laughs> Softcore vampire porn. Um, Twilight. Ugh. Uh, I hate Twilight. But but they make the vampires sexy. They sparkle they in sparkle. the sunlight yeah. instead of burning, bursting into flames. They sparkle. Yes. Uh, and Castlevania. Castlevania. Ooh, Dracula and Castlevania. You haven't seen the Netflix um, Castlevania? No. Oh, it's great. It's a cartoon. It's like two seasons. It's not. No, it was a cartoon, but it's also the video game. It's series. also a video game. Yeah, they, they did it. And it was great. Uh, Dracula was excellent there. Yeah. So why do we fear vampires? Well, while zombies are more about death and inevitability, vampires are more about sex. It's all about the sex, baby. Sometimes. Um, they're often portrayed as drinking blood from your neck uh, and are usually so sexy. In pop culture. Right. Um, True, Blood was, True Blood actually was not far off for this particular trope. They really yeah. did focus on the hedonistic side of vampires. They also fit with the succubus incubus theme as succubi steal essence from a host literally while having sex. Uh, they are more untamed in giving into desires and the ID. So the vampire the represent the id. The id. <laughs> so the vampire represents not only our desires, but often a refined version of those desires. Ooh, now I'm thinking of uh, K Beckinsale. What is that movie? Or those movies? Underworld? Yes, Underworld. Yes. Right. Because it had the vampires and, and the werewolves, werewolves yeah, were the lichens. Lichens were good. To, we're, yeah. they're, they're coming right they're up. They're coming. Uh, <laughs> many vampires are depicted as being suave and seductive, so we fear them as they show what we could be if we threw off society. Yeah. Ooh, and now I'm also thinking of the Ethan Hawke movie where they were vampires. Vampires actually became the dominant species yes, on Earth. Yes, that was a good one. But then they started running out of blood because they started running out of people, and so they started... Had like blood farms. Sam Neill was in that one. Yes, and if you, they actually had vampires who were starving and would actually bite themselves to get blood to sustain themselves, which somehow doesn't make any sense because you're drinking your own blood supply. But it created like prion diseases or something. Like they were mentally unstable when they did that, right? They slowly like morphed into like bat-like creatures. Mm. Like they mutated from like a person into like a bat-like creature. But then that one turned them back into humans by being exposed to sunlight in like doses. I don't know. Uh, it, like they kept Ethan yeah. Hawke in a tank and just kept burning him with sunlight and dousing him in water until he like somehow became a person again. I don't know. I remember that yeah. one. Yeah, that was that was an interesting film. Um, but speaking of interesting films, Werewolf. Werewolf. Yes. 
Young Frankenstein. Where castle? There castle. Why are you talking like that? I thought you wanted to. No, I thought you did. Well, suit yourself. I'm easy. <laughs> All right. So we're talking about shapeshifters. I've got nobody. <laughs> we're talking about shapeshifters specifically. We're talking about werewolves. Um, but in general, shapeshifters they use magic of some sort to change their bodies into another animal or person. Mm-hmm. Um, they're often form specific. So you have werewolves, where tigers, where pick your animorphs. Yeah. I remember those books. And yes, and then you get animorphs. Animorphs are the freaking best. I got the whole, I got almost the entire series in the attic. I used to have that. Where is it? That might be in my parents' house. I had a ton of those books. I'm missing the last five. Like four of the last five, I think. I had those and there was a series called Mech Warrior. I don't think I read that. It was one. a Battletech series of stuff where it was like giant robots. That, it was like Gundams. Oh, almost. I love a good Gundam. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, werewolves are a specific type of single form shapeshifter. However, this changes depending on the legend. So... Let's break for a beer, and then I will get into what I know about the werewolf legends from that Sounds class. Sounds good. So this is the Thirsty Dog Barrel-Aged Volver Wee Heavy. I just copied that from the internet. That's why it's, Wee it's Heavy. All, it's a Wee Heavy. Ooh, this is 11.3% ABV. <laughs> we getting drunk. God. Oh, and i got to drive home after this. Not my problem. 20, <laughs> it is going to be your problem when you have to drive me home. 22 IBUs. Uh, this is a Scotch Ale fermented and aged in bourbon barrels. This dark brown brew has malty, bourbon, oaky, and caramelly flavor that goes well with everything from salad to dessert. Now, a wolver is a Scottish wolfman-like creature, so the bottle has a good example. It's like a, a bipedal wolf thing. Think the beast. He's got like, yeah, because he's got like hunch arms in the front. It's yeah. almost like gorilla-like arms in yeah. the front where you go around on your feet, but you're they're propping themselves up yeah. with arms. Think like the werewolf in Harry Potter, third one, when Lupin turns into that thing. Just give it some fuzz because he's like sort of like, he's sort of mangy. I don't um, know. Yeah, that one. I've seen some of the Harry Potters, not all of them, and I've never read any of the books. Okay, yeah, that's a good example. If you think about that, or like a, a wolver is a wolf man. Um, Wolverine. No. No, no, no. He's the best at what he does. <laughs> yeah. That's some, something completely different. So before we get into that, I'll... Uh, oh, let's smell and taste Yeah, let's drink this beer. Drink actually. The beer. <laughs> I completely forgot about it. That is a lot on the nose. There's a that lot is a lot there. of bourbon. Mm-hmm. But it's not hot smelling. That's Correct. actually very well balanced. That's a little bit of bourbony note. It's very oaky and caramelly. That smells delicious, actually. So this is year round. I don't get a lot of the scotch on that, but that is a good bourbon barrel aged beer. I think it's balanced well. That is smooth. Mm-hmm. Man, that is smooth. <laughs> Who is this? Thirsty Dog, baby. Where in the hell are they from? Uh, I forgot to put it in the notes. Akron, Ohio. Oh, okay. Yeah, I usually get... We think we did some Thirsty Dog last year. Or I've had Thirsty oh, Dog before. their logo is very cute. It's like a little floppy-eared puppers with a... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, um, he's got a beer mug in his mouth. Yeah, it's like a cartoony yeah. style, like floppy-eared dog with a beer mug in his mouth by the handle. Usually they have a lot more color on their labels, like mm-hmm. this, and they have another barrel age. And it's like they Man. they switch to this, like, script. I don't know about salad. You would have to have, like, that, that would, would pair. <laughs> you could, though, if you had like something. No. Well, steak salad, but if you had something sharp, like blue cheese, mm-hmm. if you had, like, a goat cheese arugula salad with Ooh, okay. um, something sharp, like strawberries or other kind of fruit on there to cut it. Maybe a nuts, too, like some walnuts or almonds. Yeah, it's something like that, like a good goat cheese salad or like, yeah, yeah steak salad with blue cheese dressing on that. Something mm. very sharp to cut how slightly sweeter this is. It is. That would go well. It's definitely sweet. It's also thick and it is going to be a little. And Andrew, for our uh, listener who wants to know where we got these beers, where did you get these? All the beers for this week and last week were purchased at Total Wine. Total Wine. So mm-hmm. uh, if you need swing by, like these are all pretty easy to get. Even the Gluten Drock is really easy to find. 
Um, you just might have to search down into the Belgian section. Yeah, you have of, to go to the Belgian section. You have to go into the bowels of the Belgian section. And there are two Golden Drocks. Uh, there's the one we got, which is the classic, and then they have the uh, 9000 Quad, which when I saw this was a red ale, I was like, I'm going to get that because I love a good Belgian red. I almost got the quad, though. Mm, that would have been so much stronger. <laughs> it's <laughs> not, is, actually. They're the same. That strength. beer is actually, this beer is insanely good. It's really good. I like that. Um, so, anyways, let's dive into the history of werewolves slash wolfmans slash lycanthropes. Lycanthropes. Uh, so, from what I remember from class, the werewolf story actually originated like somewhere in Scotland, somewhere like that. And it was a man, I believe it was he was given some type of drug, like they were experimenting with drugs at the time and he was giving something, I guess, similar to like LSD or something. Mm -hmm. He was running around this castle, like on a bad trip. He then finds a pelt in the house of a wolf, throws it on over top of him and is running around on all fours, howling and acting like a wild animal while he's on this acid trip and him wearing that pelt Mm. He actually somehow, I think, believe escaped the castle and like was running around town. And so people <laughs> saw this person with a wolf pelt on right. acting like a wild animal. And they thought it was too big to be a wolf. Like he's running around upright like a man, but he's on all fours at the same time. And that's what gave way to a werewolf legend mm, Okay, um, was that. So there's so many different versions of werewolves because shapeshifters are pretty common. Um, they're almost always uh, linked to witchcraft in some way, shape or form. Um, werewolves in particular are often, uh, you often become a werewolf because of you were scratched, scratched by a werewolf or bit, bit. by a were- mm-hmm. werewolf. Um, you can only change at the full moon. You lose control of yourself. You have no concept of anything else. You turn into like your bone structure somehow. Like again, I'm going back to Van yeah. Helsing where Hugh Jackman gets bitten by the werewolf at the end. The werewolves actually that the, I will give that movie. They did a good job of like tying all of those stories together. in together. Like right. they tied Frankenstein, werewolves, and Van- Dracula all together. Yeah. Uh, they also do that in Penny Dreadful, but we'll talk about that later. I like Penny Dreadful. Penny Dreadful's excellent. Yeah, the last season though was it's a, bad. Yeah. 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 But they knew it was over, so whatever. Um, <laughs> the Timothy Dalton has aged like a fine Is he wine. The, uh, he's the he's the uh, he's the old man, but old he man. was James Bond. Was he? He was two two I James Bond movies. I have not seen any Bond that's not Daniel Craig. I'm just staring at you <laughs> because you're missing the best Bonds. Uh, uh, Sean Connery was the best Bond, but Timothy Dalton was James Bond for two movies. Okay. I can't remember the exact names of them. All right, so werewolves can turn be werewolves because they're a bit. They can be werewolves because of the full moon, whatever. They can be sometimes they're it's passed down through uh, genes. In which case, think True Blood yet again another example of them using that particular lore. That werewolves are it's a it's passed down through family. Yeah, I think Twilight was something like that too. It was like a certain yeah, tribe was. of Indians or something that just like that was part of their folklore that like they turned into werewolves. Yeah. Um, Except those were like real wolves, right? Like they turned into actual like wolves. They turned into no. It, so Twilight, they turn into giant wolves. So like yeah. much wolves are pretty fucking big though. They are, but they're not that big. Uh, True Blood, they turned into regular sized wolves. Um, uh, yeah, beside the point. Um, other options is sometimes they have magic artifacts. There was actually a very interesting book um, from uh, Dresden Files. Ooh, we've got an airplane. Mm-hmm. Let that go. Uh, Dresden Files book where uh, there was a, a belt you would put on and you could turn yourself into a werewolf uh, into a, a wolf uh, huh. using this belt anytime you wanted and it was also laced with like uh, drugs to make it addictive so like uh. they gave these pel- these belts to people and they would just use them over and over again to get the high um, 
Uh, werewolves are not always a bad thing. Norse mythology did not demonize the werewolf, and it was also a cult of warrior in certain uh, historical sects. Yeah, Greeks actually believed that if you did not destroy the body of a werewolf, then it would return as a zombie wolf to drink blood from dying soldiers on the battlefield. Didn't, correct me if I'm wrong, but in Thor Ragnarok, the third one, didn't Helena... A Spenrir. A Spenrir, um, whatever, his sister... No, and no, a giant wolf. The, the wolf's name is Fenrir. Oh. Um, <clears throat> highly recommend Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology if you're interested in that. Um, but the wolf is the wolf that can eat the world. The wolf has unlimited power. The wolf is actually the destroyer. Hulk fights the wolf. Hulk does fight the wolf. Uh, Hulk but yeah, kills the wolf. It, he does. In Norse mythology, that Well, he doesn't really kill it. He just sends it off the edge of Asgard. Yeah, Asgard's weird too. But let's not talk about Asgard. Anyways. But yeah, yeah. No, uh, Fenrir is not a werewolf. He is a talking wolf ah yeah yeah it's he's not he's different okay so Um, werewolves are commonly linked to witchcraft thought to be a curse the original witch hunts were for actual werewolves most likely these were actual wolves and folks were just freaking out yeah it's it's wolves humans generally are afraid of wolves Mm -hmm. Um, modern werewolves are generally not as sexy as vampires except for the werewolf in true blood Mm. i have no idea i'm gonna get a snack of that (laughs) it's joe manga uh, oh, Joe, mm, uh, Joe. I'm gonna forget his name. Man, yeah, Man I know Gal. who you're talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. The guy isn't. Uh, wasn't he? Isn't he married to? Uh, God darn it! He's married to what's her face from Modern Family? Sofia Vergara. Yeah, I think he's Is married. He? I think he's married to Sofia Vergara. Okay, yeah, I believe so. Either way, if if they are, they have gorgeous babies. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know who you're talking about now. Absolutely gorgeous babies. Um, Then you also have modern werewolves. uh, The Dresden Files has an interesting take on werewolves. We talked about that. Yeah. But they also have like the Luke Rue, which is a curse situation. Yeah. Then you have Wolf's Reign. Oh, let's talk about this one. (laughs) Anime that reverses the trope. I have no idea what you're talking about. I know. I am weird. There's a anime. I don't know if anyone else watched it, but it's called Wolf's Reign. And the idea is humans killed wolves. We destroyed them all. Um, It's post wolf life. Um, except there's a small pocket of wolves that exist and still exist. But the wolves actually can turn into humans. So visually, they look like you and I. They look like humans, but they're actually wolves. Trying... So instead of people turning into wolves, it's wolves that can shapeshift into people. Right. Ah. Um, and they're using wolf the wolves as a, um environmental message. The whole, the whole anime is about environmentalism. But beside the point, it's really fun anime. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Within werewolf folklore, the last thing is that there's a toss-up as to if... When the person transforms, they lose control of their body. So people who lose control think of Harry Potter, think of Penny Dreadful, right. um, where uh, Josh, Josh Brolin? Han- Josh who? Brolin? No. 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 Josh Brolin is... Oh, he's Thanos. Yes. <laughs> he's Thanos. <laughs> Isn't it Josh... Uh, Josh Hamill? No, Josh... I don't know. Oh, God darn it. I'm gonna I don't think it's a Josh. I think his name is Josh. No, hold on. <laughs> I'm Googling that right now. Hold on. Well, Travis Googles that. I'll, I'll finish this out. But like sometimes in the werewolf lore, when you transform, you either lose control or sometimes you maintain control um, and you're able to just do it. Also, with Josh Harnett. Josh Harnett. There it is. Damn it. Sin City. Ah. But with werewolves, like you have a ton of variation. Like, do you transform on the full moon and don't have control of when you transform? Can you control when you transform? Do you lose your mind when you transform? Are you... What do you look like? Hell, are you a wolf man? Are you a wolf? Are you a larger than life wolf? Like, what are you? Yeah, like Van Helsing, like they transformed into like wolves twice the size of like. Well, they also turned into like this thing. Yeah, yeah, the Mm -hmm. wolver. Yeah, yeah, like they they turn into like these wolf man hybrids. There is no consistency with werewolves. They're awesome. I think they're super cool. 
but or Wolfman. Look at that from the 1920s. That film. Wolfman. Yep. It's just an upright human with thoughts. Or uh, I was a teenage werewolf. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or Big Wolf on Campus. Ah, darn it. Oh yeah. no, that was a real thing. Hmm. <laughs> when that brings us to our last one, for which we do not have a beer, and we don't have notes. Yes, we're, we're gonna riff on this one. Actually, I can riff on this one. All right, excellent. it is Double Double, Toil and Trouble, Fireburn, and Cauldron Bubble. Uh, which were is, you quoting Macbeth? I was. Yes, you were. <laughs> Witches, warlocks, wizards, and all practitioners of witchcraft. Your little Harry Potters of the world. Witchcraft is a broad term that changes connotations depending on the culture and society. Generally, practitioners impact the physical world through metaphysical means, aka magic. So, the, all of this, everything we're talking about, comes down to magic, and so yeah. like today. Well, and it kind of goes in like zombies are based off of a witch doctor who would be a warlock, right? Of sorts. So, male wizards are warlocks, female wizards are witches, essentially. Typically, yeah. Yeah, typically. This is a very interesting one. Uh, from that class, Plants and Civilization, NNC State, we talk about witches and the origins. So, witches and warlocks, when you hear, like, in Macbeth and all that, when they say, I have Newt, you know. Tongue of dog. Tongue of dog and everything. People always think of, like, you know, the trope is in cartoons, they're adding, like, actual Newt's eyes. Like, they're dropping lizards and other things in this pot and stirring it. Those were actual common names for plants. Mm back in the day so while i don't know what any of those plants were um a lot of that came from england Mm -hmm. and europe where witches were essentially the doctors of the day witches lived outside of the means of society like on the outskirts of a town by themselves they were shunned by society for their practices and what was considered witchcraft while they were actually just studying they were like botanists essentially like they studied plants and animals and like other things but they use botanists today are really happy that they're not considered witches (laughs) but it was funny because they like um our professor talked about like you know people would take in secret go to a witch's cabin out in the woods to seek medicine for like an ailing child or an ailing or themselves or somebody who was sick at the time but you never wanted to tell anybody that you went and saw that witch like they were shunned and frowned upon by society um Think about in Penny Dreadful how the witch had the cabin out in the middle of nowhere, like out in town. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she had all that stuff, and like you, they could heal people. They were almost essentially doctors, but they practice in more homeopathic medicine, which uh, now we know a lot of today's homeopathic medicine is. Well, modern homeopathic medicine is absolute trash. Old school homeopathic medicine is now Viagra. Like- yeah. Um, <laughs> so essentially what happened was, which, um, so all of those things were common names for plants like you know that region may have called a species of plant i have new yeah. whereas another culture or another region called it something else entirely well think about like if you're curious about this like go to your local plant store and look for lamb's ear lamb's ear you obviously would not be you're not going to actually find a lamb and get its ear chopped off it's a plant that has a very soft uh woolly mm-hmm. structure it's like what we call uh elephant's ear yeah, that's a, yeah, yeah, you're right. <clears throat> elephant's ear point. You're not expecting the witches in Macbeth to be like, an elephant's ear? Yeah, Chop, and have like an elephant, elephant ear hanging out. Cut, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're putting a plant part. You're right, you're right. So where they got the, and this is where it gets really funky, is the th- mythology of where witches ride brooms is actually 
fairly graphic and sexual. Um, I am not surprised one bit. <laughs> yeah. So a lot it, of this comes back to repressed sexuality of the Europeans. Yeah. Women who, in the theory that the less you talk about sex, the more it makes people want to do, or the more you talk about it, the more you forbid it, the more it makes people want to do it. Yeah. So more sexually repressed cultures actually have more instances of deviancy and that kind of stuff. But, um, so is that why we have tentacle porn? That's no. <laughs> please edit that part out. Um, <laughs> But like, so witches who were quote unquote follow Wicca mm-hmm. religion, which is, I think, an actual recognized religion, right? It's, uh, I believe it is, yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. Courtney Ann watches that show on Netflix called uh, Working Moms. Uh, some lady, oh, it's a Canadian show, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, one of the ladies on the show hires a nanny who's Wiccan, and so they just refer to her as Wiccan Nanny. <laughs> um, but uh, so witches would meet on autumnal. Autumnal or vernal. Yeah, vernal time. equinox. Well, one, um, vernal spring, up in the middle of fall. Yeah, so they would meet on the equinoxes out in the woods, and they would actually have a witch's brew, like a cauldron of an elixir that they made out of local plants and stuff that essentially amounted to a drug trip. Let's say, because they got high, because they got high, because they got high. Oh, yeah. Like, this stuff was essentially LSD. Huh. Um, again, like Is it this was like a, old school beer, like the, the Norse beer where they're putting like nightshade in their shit and like, yeah, it's something like crazy yeah. where like they put all these plants in there that essentially gave them all like a drug trip. And so they would meet and it came from reports of people who happened upon these meetings or who were spying on these meetings reported that all the women were naked. So it's like ecstasy, LSD and all that stuff oh, okay. mixed together. So all the women were naked and they would soak the broomsticks in the cauldron now, this is where it gets graphic, but this episode's going to be explicit. <laughs> they would then, um, for lack of a better term, insert the broomsticks into a certain body orifice. I really hope they, those are sanded well. because Probably not. Gosh, because that, that, that would be a... That's splinters. That's going to be a rough ride. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, yeah, they would soak the broomsticks in the elixir and then insert the broomsticks into a certain... So, and they would be running around with them um, in that manner. Admittedly... Both either entry point that you'd have at that point are both highly vascular vascularized. Mm -hmm. So from a like I want to get high situation, Mm -hmm. uh, shout out to uh, Brett Kavanaugh not knowing what the fuck boofing is. Mm -hmm. Since we're going explicit, I'm just going to go for it today. (laughs) But like if you put out uh, something like a a, something that's uh, passes through the blood barrier Mm -hmm. through either your butt or your uh, if you have one a vagina, uh, if you have a penis, good luck. Uh, But like highly. Highly vascularized areas, you're going to have a lot of absorption. If you have that absorption, your nose, gums, anything like that, anything with a lot of blood vessels, and that's a good way to get high really quick. Yeah. So essentially, them taking the broomsticks and doing what they did with them, uh, and running around with the brooms in them is where the mythology of witches riding riding brooms came from. Hmm. Yep. I like that we took a break for like science of like, hey, you want to get high? Yeah. So that is essentially where it came from. So like these women that practice Wicca would get high mm-hmm. using broomsticks that they... Um, Soaked in the drugs. Yeah. And then okay. uh, rode around on. And that's where that came from. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Warlocks is kind of like its own, like it's just a male witch. I think the more common... Oftentimes, like, wizard is what is used. Merlin. Yeah, Merlin. You think about Merlin with wizards. Um, wizards aren't demonized as much as witches. They are not. There were no warlock trials in Salem. No, there aren't. Um, so a lot of it does come down to witches are often, you know, negatively pursued because of, quote, sexual deviancy. And, and like plus they're women. 
Right, they're always back winning. in that day. They're always winning. Warlocks never the negative connotation as much. Um, different legends, different ways, but essentially magic users. He turned me into a newt. I got there. <laughs> but yeah, like it's so wild. Uh, a lot of it comes down to demonizing women too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where the theory of the Salem witch trials was, hey, if we light her on fire and she dies, she's a human. If she lives, she's, she's a, a witch. witch. Either way. <laughs> This poor lady. <laughs> we had the drowning test, too. Sorry about that. If we tie rocks to you and throw you in the lake and you float up, you're a witch. If you drown, you're a person. You're a human. And don't worry, you're going to heaven. Like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> oh. Witches Everyone in float. Everyone What else floats? Wood. Uh, wood. Very small rocks. <laughs> um, a duck. A, a duck. <laughs> so, if she weighs the same as a duck, she's a witch. <laughs> Who are you who are so well versed in the ways of science? Honestly. And that, my lord, is how we know the earth to be banana shaped. <laughs> Shockingly, it's as viable as anything else. And nobody questioned yeah, it. No, it <laughs> Fair. <laughs> All right, well, I think we, we've talked long enough about the Spooky Beast. Uh, mm-hmm. Hope everyone has a happy Halloween. Yep. Happy Halloween to you guys. We thank you as always for listening and supporting us. Uh, you can find us at brewnewspod.com. Uh, email us at brewnewspod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We are on Twitter at brew underscore news. We are on Instagram at brewnewspod. Uh, you can find Andrew and myself on Untapped. Andrew is at Tuba Steve and I'm at Mathernuts. And you, can, you should probably follow Travis because I don't do that. Uh, you can always support us at uh, patreon.com. Uh, we are working on getting some merch up with our new super awesome logo. Thanks, Kim. Uh, and we will see you guys next week. Yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed our Haunted Hop series for the month of October. And we will see you next week in November where we start some other awesome breweries. Whoop, whoop. Cheers. Cheers. Have you ever wondered how you could join the Brew News crew? Well, swing over to patreon.com slash brewnewspod and you can join us. We have three different tiers for all of our patrons. At the logger level, you earn early access to all of our podcast episodes. At the IPA level, you get early access to our podcast episodes, but you get special weekly beer tastings that are done by various members of the crew. And you get special video presentations, including our Beer Miss Special. At the stout level, you get everything you get at the IPA level, but you also get to appear on one episode of the Brew News Pod, and when we have some swag, we'll send some your way. So feel free to swing over to patreon.com slash brewnewspod. That again is patreon.com slash brewnewspod and join the crew.